Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad Good. If this is your first time listening to First Time, let me explain. I bring on a guest, we talk about a first time experience, and it's really that simple. Most of the time, it's going to be a movie or TV show, but we can talk about anything from food, books, really anything you can experience for the first time. So today I have a recurring guest who's been on more times than any other guest because uh, she's my favorite guest, your favorite guest. It's Nikki. Hi, it's me. How's it going? Good. We haven't recorded since what, the final Death Wish episode? Correct. Okay, so we decided to come back and do another one and we're doing a movie that was your pick. My pick, and it was your first time. It was my first time for this movie. I don't know how I missed this one. Um, We're recording this in October. It'll drop in October. And it's a spooky one. Surprise, surprise, a horror movie. But this one is something that you watched quite a bit. When I was, like, in junior high school, it was one of those Slumber Night movies. Um you know, we would watch like The Shining and like Halloween 6 and this one and we usually like would show this movie to like a new girl that's at a slumber party or something and it's just like this is the scariest movie ever and it now yeah, I'll get to what I think about it now later. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just jump right into explaining what it, or or naming today's topic cuz it's already going to be uh on the screen when you're clicking this. So Today's topic is the 1999 horror movie, The Haunting. There once was a house. A bright, happy home. Something bad happened. Now it sits all alone. Is this where you're going? That's Hill House. It's perfect, isn't it? We all suffer from sleep disorders. My job is to find out why. What's the deal with the Adams Family Mansion? I gotta be honest, I don't get a real strong sleep vibe from this place. (laughs) Don't you love it here? This is so twisted. Calling it an insomnia study allows me to create a highly suggestive environment to observe the dynamics of fear. You don't tell the rats, they're actually in a maze. I just think Dr. Marrow's up to something. Have you ever kept something to yourself because you were afraid? All the time. I'm sorry.
So the haunting, nineteen ninety nine. What what grade were you in in nineteen ninety nine? Um, I was in seventh grade. Yeah, go eighth grade to seventh grade. Oh, <laughs> seventh grade to no, I don't know. Well, I was in a freshman in two thousand, so I would have been eighth grade. So that would have put you in seventh grade because I graduated two thousand four. Four years of high school. I was two in two thousand. I was a freshman. Uh, I'm getting confused. Nineteen ninety nine. Oh. I was in seventh grade, going into eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So started as a seventh grader, ended as an eighth grader. Okay. Cool. Uh, it doesn't really matter. So did you? Well, I'm asking you for a reason. Okay. You okay. Know, it does matter because it's like. You weren't an adult when you watched this. You weren't, but you weren't quite a child when you watched this. Uh huh. So, like, did you? You didn't see this in theaters, did you? No, it was like I think the first time I've seen saw it was at a slumber party. Obviously on VHS, because well, ninety nine. I don't know. No, I, don't know. I think it was DVD. Okay. So why did you like this one so much? Because we thought it was so scary. It's a scary ghost story. Well, it's. Yeah. I mean, we thought it was super exciting, and also I wasn't that familiar with horror movies at the time. I was like just getting into them at that age. So this is sort of like an introduction. Kind of, um, like I was always terrified of scary movies, scary anything when I was a kid, and then um, I started just getting into them about that age, and. So, of course, a movie like this probably blew my mind at the time. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how I missed it. Maybe I probably was... By this time, I was definitely into horror movies big time. And I was probably like a snob. And I was like, this yeah. is PG-13. It looks really dumb. Um, I'd never been a fan of ghost stories. So, I completely just missed this one. It's PG-13, so it was like... Not like it was a hard R that you were, you know, yeah. just probably like falls right into the line of movies that you could rent for a slumber party in middle school. Uh-huh. Um, Correct. So you guys would just like get together, watch it, and it was like how you broke in a friend? Like, oh, uh, they haven't yeah, seen The Haunting we, yet? Like, that's something we did at slumber parties was watch scary movies among, you know, other traditional things. And that was like, one of the scary movies we watched was The Haunting. I remember... 99 that was the year after halloween h2o came out mm -hmm. these this style of horror movies very like late 90s early 2000s yeah uh, very slick production um i remember renting halloween six quite a bit for my slumber not slumber parties but the kids weren't allowed to stay at my house but we would i would have birthday parties and halloween six for some reason was like I didn't know it was Halloween 6 when I rented it. It was just called Halloween, The yeah. Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah. And then I watched it, and it might have been the first one I saw. And then it was like, um, you know, go rent the others. And I realized, oh, this is the sixth entry into the series. I had no idea. But um, we're not talking about Halloween 6 tonight. I wish we no. were. But we're talking about The Haunting. And mm -hmm. to be clear, I know you like we rewatched it, not last night, but the night before, as of recording this. And... We laughed a lot watching it, and you were like, you said several times, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed, I can't believe I recommended this one, I can't believe I liked this movie. Um, it's pretty cheesy. It has some moments, but I don't think you should be embarrassed, because uh, it's a product of its time. Yeah. And there's 
some good qualities to it. Like, it's not... <laughs> some of the stuff I watched in 99, like, if I went back and rewatched it now, obviously wouldn't hold up. And when's the last time you probably watched this before now? When I was a teenager. Like, probably at a slumber party. Well, I just, like, I don't even remember how you how we got on the topic of this one. Maybe we were talking about the podcast, and I was like, is there something that you've seen that I haven't seen? And for some reason... some reason, I remember asking you about this movie, like, when we first started dating, and you're like, i never seen it. I'm like, what? It's so cool. And I'm glad, like, we probably didn't watch this movie when we first started dating, because you'd probably just be like... We wouldn't be married. We wouldn't be married. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. It's really not. I mean, we laughed a lot because... Um, you know, we're watching it together and it just, I don't know. I, I, maybe because the expectation, like, because you were like, we, we should watch this. And at a time you thought it was pretty spooky and cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it just was on its own, like there's movies, I mean, we mostly laughed at the CGI. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And not so much like the acting and some of the, maybe a little bit of the acting, but some of the CGI and that stuff, but it's really, there's movies that came out after this that have way worse. Yeah, has, there's worse. And but hmm. and I think about like the Frighteners at that time, and they used a lot of the same type of CGI and stuff. And I think it was right around that time too. And it's it really isn't that bad. There's some definitely definitely some cheese to it, but um, the sets are gorgeous. I thought the yeah. performances were pretty good. It was a cool. I mean, it's a story we've seen a trillion times, and I had no idea going into this, but there's you know, a trillion movies called The Haunting, The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunt, House on Haunted Hill, um, yeah. all this stuff. And this is, I, from what I'm reading, it's a an adaptation of the same book that they based um, Haunting of Hill House on. Yeah, So it's, this hill, yeah. So there's like um, an old book that I, I didn't do enough research. Um, I don't know the title of the actual book. Maybe it is um, Haunting of Hill House, but... All these all these movies are very, very, very loosely based on that story in some way. Um, and this actually... I'll get to the trivia stuff later. So, the basic premise. Do you want to cover it? Do you want me to cover it? Or do we want to bounce back and forth? We on... can bounce back and forth. Well, I feel like you. this is your suggestion, so maybe uh, you kick it off. I'm, like, really bad at this stuff, but I can try. So, there's, like... I don't know how to start. Okay, there's there's a, there's a group of there's a woman who lives out. It's, it kicks off with a woman who's living in an apartment. Um, we find out that she lived with her mom, and this little apartment was taking care of her uh -huh. sick mom the entire time. She's been taking care of her mom her whole life, right? And she's dedicated her whole life to taking care of her sick mom. And we're, we open up like with her and I think her sister and her sister and her brother in law, right? Yeah, and they're arguing over some finances. That her mother, like, her mother has passed away now, and they're arguing over who gets the house and who gets the belongings and stuff, and, I mean, we all have seen her, seen, heard the story um, about family, like, someone passes away and suddenly people come out of the woodwork who had nothing to do with them in the mm -hmm. first place, and now they want to stake their claim and get something out of it. Yeah. Um, and Nell is the main character. She has been taking care of her mom, and her sister and brother-in-law are trying to take the house money what's the actress's name um i'm let me see here it is lily taylor yes as nell and i will say this before i forget 
this entire movie, she had a Jamie Lee Curtis and yep. Halloween 2 vibe to me. Yeah. Maybe even more so than Halloween 1 for some reason. Maybe, like, her hair looked like the wig that Jamie Lee Curtis wore. I think maybe for a while when I was younger, I thought that was Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, she had the Laurie Strode <laughs> vibe going big yeah. time with the face and the hair. Uh, but anyways, then it sort of cuts to her getting a phone call um, now, cause now she's trying to find like work, trying to get a little extra money. And this doctor apparently is, is getting a group of insomniacs, right? Together yes. to do a study on them. Yeah. Um, sleep the, study. A sleep study in this big old mansion. Mm-hmm. The doctor is played by Liam Neeson, who, who has, um, his daughter has been taken several times. Yeah. And he's also, uh, in Schindler's List and all kinds of he, he's an action star now, but, um, this at this time I don't know where he was in his career. He had like the late resurgence of becoming like an older actor, action mm-hmm. star. Um but at one t- at one point in his life, I mean this was probably around the Star Wars prequels and he was in those. But um there was one point in his life where he's considered a very serious, very prestigious actor. He was a Oscar nominee. Mm-hmm. But um do you want to continue the story? Um so she gets a call like check out the paper and it was like like you said this ad and she's she doesn't have trouble sleeping like the rest of these people her thing is that she always um can't sleep because she's always having to wake up and take care of her mom so it's kind of a like she still hears her mom at night even though she's dead yeah yeah. she's dead like knocking like needing her so um, but yeah, so she gets to this beautiful mansion that's like nine miles away from anything else. And calling it a mansion is like a disservice. Like it's, it's a, a fucking it's castle. It's a castle, yeah. Yeah, it's like a city block. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and she gets there with another lady. They're the first ones there. Um, who she played by? Catherine Zeta Jones. Yes, and she plays Theo. Yeah, and, and she's all, like, sexy. and Se- Sexy goth, sort sexy of. Sexy goth kind of girl. And she's just kind of... Everything she does is a little flirtatious and sexy. Yeah, but... And then um, there's Owen Wilson. Yeah, we run into Owen Wilson, who plays Luke Sanderson. He which, said, wow, at least twice. Like, right in the opening, right away. Yeah, oh, wow. Well. Um, <laughs> and it was sort of distracting for me, because it's like... Luke, or, um, oh, see, I just did it. <laughs> Owen Wilson plays Luke, and I'm like, I'm going to say Luke Wilson. But he, <laughs> Owen plays Luke, which is his brother's name, which is a bit confusing. But, um, yeah, there's a small group of insomniacs that meet there. When she gets there, she, like, pulls up to the gate, and Bruce Dern plays the housekeeper. Like, he, which is crazy, because he's, like, a very prestigious Oscar-nominated actor, and he has, like, two scenes in this movie. But he's like, the the gates are all chained up, and she's like, I'm at the right place. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, oh, he basically is like the crazy Ralph of the story. He's like, oh, you know, this place is, we don't let anybody in, we don't let anybody out, and rattles the yeah. chains. Uh, and then she gets in, and they, they meet the lady who who is the housekeeper, and she's like, she repeats the the dialogue like twice. Oh, yeah. She's, like, she's just over the top. Yeah, like, like spooky, crazy lady. Like, like 
We don't. I don't stay after dark. If you need anything, there's no way to contact yeah, anybody. Yeah, no ever. one can hear you scream. Is basically what she says. Yeah, you'll ne- <laughs> like you're locked in these doors forever, and no one will ever hear you, no matter what the emergency. Yeah, she. It was over the top. And like she, yeah, and she had the whole haunted like, house creepy. Yeah, and she had it like it was to the it was actually on purpose because like she mm-hmm. read it, and then the next person she met, she was reading it line for line to the point where Nell like repeated it. I set dinner on the dining room sideboard at six. You can serve yourselves. Breakfast is ready at nine. I don't wait on people. I don't stay after dinner, not after it begins to get dark. I leave before dark comes. We live in town, nine miles, so there won't be anyone around if you need help. We couldn't even hear you in the night. Why would we? No one could. No one lives any nearer than town. No one will come any nearer than that. In the night. In the dark. Uh, we're, we are going to spoil some of this movie, or all of the movie, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been out for 21 years, so... So if you haven't seen it, um, that's on you. That's but on you. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> and you do want to see it um, afterwards... Justin Beam's working on a new Blu-ray that's coming out. It might be yeah. out by the time this podcast drops, but um, there's a new special edition Blu-ray available. And um, anyways, we don't need to go through every detail of the movie, but basically they get there, they're exploring the house, and there's some, obviously some really cool, beautiful room. I mean, the house oh, is just gorgeous. Yeah, it was built in 18. 18- 43 or something like that and there's just some craziness there's like a hallway where they have to they have to jump on like books that are on yes, water or something yeah. like some stuff that doesn't make any there's sense there's like a carousel room yeah. that's hidden and we yeah, had the walls are mirrors and yeah and there's a the fireplace is like bigger than our house Oh, yeah. Like, you can Huge walk... Fireplace. The, the fireplace so big you can walk into it is above your head. Like, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Just lots... And there's lots of cherubs everywhere. Yeah. That's part of it. And there's there's a scene where um, Nell and Theo come upon this um, really creepy wall, and it looks like these, like, demons pulling something down. Uh-huh. And they have this big moment where she's where Nell explains that they're actually like in purgatory yeah the children the children and she's sort of explaining like the like the biblical explanation of it or something and that all comes back towards the end um in the story but yeah this is where they're like running they they run into Luke Wilson and then was the other woman was that um the doctor's assistant or something I think there there was like another patient that got hurt right away yeah i was sort of confused if she was like uh an insomniac or if she i think was... she was insomniac yeah because they they do have like i can't remember if they have dinner before or after but she's they're basically like chatting in this big room after they all get there and have this meeting and she's fucking with like a piano is it yeah and she snaps a piano string well like the one of the knobs start turning on their own tighten it too tight so when she ran her um finger through the strings one snapped and like hit her face and so her like almost took out her eye yeah her face was all bloody so someone drove her to the hospital and so she's out right away and the person that was with her yeah that drove her to the hospital they're out yeah which is really weird because i was when i 
sort of I sort of understood the premise of this movie when we started it. I thought for sure it was going to be like House on Haunted Hill, where we got like ten guests or even like five guests that all had like stereotypical personalities. We have like the the final girl who's Nell. You know, mm-hmm. she's uh, the nice, sweet person who's innocent in the story. Then we have the sort of sultry, um, pr- promiscuous character in Theo, played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. And then yeah. we had Owen Wilson, who's... I, I was like, is he going to be the playboy? Is he going to flirt with Theo? Is he going to... And no, he's just sort of a nice guy. Yeah. Um, and then that's all we end up having. Like, these two characters right away are gone. Like, we mm-hmm. reintroduced to him a piano string hits her eye, and it never goes back to them. Yeah. They leave and it's like, well, why we why do we even have them so that the house could like get its first evil moment? Yeah, pretty much it kind of I think it's a sets up like this house has cruel intentions like it knew it knew what she was going to do and it intentionally hurt her. Right, but like to me it's like such a huge waste of two characters cuz it yes. could have been like it could have like snapped and cut like I don't know, Theo's arm or, or her finger or something, it could have been more minor and been like, oh, you know, it got her. But, yeah. like, I know that it was more serious. It almost got her eye. But it's like, we not one, we never even got to know this character, so we don't really care about yeah, her. Yeah, they could have, like, they could have, like, at least have an awesome kill scene. Yeah. For, her, for later. Yeah. <laughs> I thought for sure, like, you know, something, like, her eye was going to come out or something. It was like, she got cut on the eye, so these two characters somehow got out of the house, and now they're, mm-hmm. it's like a good thing, you know? Yeah. Spoiler, but that's not, uh... Uh, wouldn't it be like it would be a pretty shitty movie if everybody was fine at the end of it like <laughs> yes like anyways you know the the worst that happened was a girl got a piano string on the eye and then they just walk around this beautiful house but um we actually i think we learned before they go maybe as um is dr david morrow so we'll just call him david played by uh, liam neeson we learned that early on like that he's not actually just getting insomniacs he's using his study for like a yeah, they're like, were they questioning, like, why is this steady here? Right, like, like why is this in a mansion? Yeah, like, this doesn't seem right. And he's like, well, isolation, and it's a beautiful place, and it's like, this is perfect for the study. And it's just like, eh. But we did, like, I, there was some foreshadowing that he's not really doing this for, um insomniac study like Mm -hmm. he's talking to somebody and he basically explains like this is the only way i can get it done by disguising it as a sleep study yes and do we want to reveal what his real intentions are do we want to wait we'll get there well like first like they they get there he's telling them a ghost story about the place um that's kind of like setting up the mood and it's like this guy the guy who built the house whatever his name was yeah. Like, he had a wife, and he wanted lots of children, but they all died at birth. And rumors, like, he just went crazy lonely, building a huge mansion for all the kids he'll never have. And then his, like, he went more crazy after his wife died. And then when he was alone with um, Luke, he was like, don't tell the women this because, you know, women Women can't can't handle it. Can't handle it. But the wife actually committed suicide. And then, of course, Luke went over to. He went right into it. Yeah. He's like, I was supposed to tell you this, but um, that wife actually committed suicide. And like in this house. I think. I don't know if he mentioned that or that was implied. I don't think, yeah, <laughs> I don't think he mentioned that was in a house, but yeah, they probably just assumed. 
I mean, you find out later it was, but... I mean, if you live in that house, you're not going anywhere to commit suicide. You can't. It's just fucking... You have to get a car to leave that house. It's so huge. <laughs> yeah. So, um, already he's kind of like... I mean, right away he says, it's not really what they think it's for, and he's kind of starting to foreshadow. Like, almost like trying to get in their heads, I feel like. Yeah. Like, get scared of the place. Yeah, so that they'll react to, like, everything. Yeah. Get them a little on edge. I mean, should we just say what his attentions are? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Basically, I mean, how do you describe it? He was using it as, like, a a scare study, sort of. I I don't know how to say it. Yeah, like a... Like a a study on fear. Yeah, study on fear, but not actually thinking the place was really haunted. Right, it's sort of like... um, I, this is an absolutely horrible um, comparison, but it made me think of like Halloween Resurrection when they brought those. This is for a reality show, so it's a little different. But Halloween Resurrection when like oh. Buster Rhymes brings all those people back to the Myers house and he set up all the uh, fake props and and stuff and scares uh-huh. and stuff, and he dressed up as Michael Myers to scare the people, and then it turned out Michael actually came back and like yeah. you know this is very much the same thing where like he set up all these fake scares and put them in a spooky house and mm-hmm. he's gonna set up these stories and, and freak them out with certain things, but then bad things actually start Did happening. Did he set up fake scares? I don't... Well, he's, he... He just told Told story. stories. Yeah. And, uh... To try to get in their heads with it. But then, like, scary stuff was happening, and, um... And this like, takes place over the course of one night, right? It's a or couple, maybe a couple. nights. Okay. Um... It was, like, the first night, the girls... Just heard loud banging all over their rooms. And it wasn't Owen Wilson. Yeah. And, like, something was trying to unlock the door. And... They could, like, follow the sound around the room. Like, you could Uh hear moaning and, mm -hmm. like, groaning and bangs and creaks, like, going through the walls like it was traveling through the house. And it would... The sound would go to a door and the door would rattle and the doorknob would turn. And Mm -hmm. I, I thought the sound design was really cool in this movie. Like... You know, I've tried to find positives and everything. And this, like I said, I don't hate this movie, but the sound design is really cool. Like, yeah. Watching it at home on a big TV with surround sound, like, I, you know, they did a good job with that. That was really cool. Yeah. And then, like, the next morning, the guys are trying to find reasonable explanations. Like, oh, it's the pipes. Yeah. They're, like, you know. Pouring, like, getting water in the kitchen. It's like, was that the sound? They're like, well, yeah. And now, of course, is the crazy one. She's like... But it was turning the doorknob, and and Theo's like, well, maybe we were just so scared that it seemed like that. Yeah. It's like, no, you clearly saw the door banging and the doorknob Mm -hmm. turning. She locked the door right in time before it came in. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's quite a few, you know, scares. And then there's some, like, legit moments where, you know, shit starts happening. Um, Nell's by herself by the fireplace, and she sees, like, what she thinks is, like, a big demon trying to come out through the chains Mm, and then you know of course there's every time nell sees something the guys have some way to explain it like they come in they're like it's the flu from the uh fireplace and it's for some reason a big fucking like lion head lion head that swings wildly like that thing is dangerous (laughs) in any house that would that kills people like what is that it's like right in front of the fireplace so like if you're like trying to start a fire that thing could just knock you out yeah it's the size of a wrecking ball (laughs) yes it is a giant wrecking ball that looks like a lion head and uh reading on imdb one of the trivia pieces cracked me up it said um 
the lion head in the fireplace was actually played by a big green ball. You know, like CGI. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if it was actually a big lion head or not, but it's funny that someone actually listed that as trivia. But, um, you know, Nell starts seeing more shit than everybody else, and and she's it sort of sets it up like, is she having nightmares or is it real? Yeah. Um, she... She pulls up the ash tray, I guess he was. I didn't even know fireplaces had this, but there's like... ash door thing. Yeah, there's a door that holds ashes in front of this fireplace, and she finds bones, and she goes to tell them. Well, the reason why she even went there is because, like, a ghost child led her towards it. And I think, yeah, it's like, I don't know. The ghost... There's ghost children, and they're communicating with her. Yeah, with no... Yeah, yeah. Like, clearly whatever's in this house is communicating directly with Nell. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she she lifts up this tray and she finds bones. And, of course, it's like the typical horror movie thing where one character is, like, seeing everything. And she runs and tells the others they come back and look. And they're like, there's no mm-hmm. bones. But that's when they almost like, get killed by the swinging thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, they're like, you're crazy. That's what you saw, you know. And, uh, of course, they all just think she's nuts and she's over exaggerating. She's that she's in her own head, just like a typical, you know, mm-hmm. crazy lady in a horror crazy movie. Lady. Yeah, but from there, what would you say? Like things just keep getting crazier and crazier. Yeah, where it's getting harder to to, to deny. And one point where like it said, "Welcome home." What's her full name? I don't know. Yeah. No. No, it's longer than that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but um, that was, like, painted on the walls, and it's like, who did that? Like, nobody could got that high um, to paint that in such short notice. Right, and, like, Nell's screaming, like, who did this? It's not funny. Who did this? Mm-hmm. Who did this? And um, they're all sort of looking at each other like, you you asshole, whoever did this, because none, none of them did it, so they're all th- assuming someone else did it. And then they start accusing, um... The doctor? Yeah, the doctor, like, you're just, like, you're, like, setting this up yeah. to scare us. And he's like, no, no, no. He, and yeah, <laughs> there comes a point where he finally admits that they're not there for a sleep study, but he's like, look, I brought you here to, like, scare you, but I, or study, like, fear, but... I'm not, I'm not doing any of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the one, I didn't paint this on the wall, I didn't, I'm not setting any of this up, like, the house is doing it. And, yeah, it's like, and, um, God, what's the main character's name? No. No. Um, it, it got so carried away where he's like, cause she is, she got, like, on a ledge, yeah, following she, a ghost. Yeah, she's following these kid ghosts around, and she's she's absolutely losing it, and they're all trying to chase her down. Like, like this, we're go, we're leaving in the morning, right? And that's when it gets worse. Yeah, because because <laughs> there's a point where it's like you know Nell's clearly, um, I wouldn't say out of her mind, but she's this is like driving her mad, mm-hmm. and it's very bad, and she's gotten hurt, and someone's nearly killed, um. And, well, several of them are nearly killed, and it's like, she's following this ghost child around the house into dangerous situations, walks up this, like, spiral staircase hanging from the ceiling, which Mm -hmm. is a really dumb design. It's not mounted to the floor at all. Yeah. And nearly kills her and the doctor. 
And uh, I read that Liam Neeson's actually like terrified of heights, so when he was dangling from that stair well, it was like actual fear, wasn't much oh, acting. Yeah. But um yeah, she she goes up to rescue this kid who's on the ledge and um almost dies herself and gets down and there's just several incidents where like it seems like the house is leading Nell to almost die. Yeah, it's like it's it's kind of confusing, I think, cuz it's like the children seem like reaching out to her like help us um like the guy who built the house he's like evil right and he's like the one that killed all these kids or something right she finally like she somehow deducts the actual story she was reading that book yeah Yeah, she she found found a book book, like a passageway and a secret book and um but, like, when she's going into different rooms, they're, like, trapping her. She lays in mm-hmm. the bed, and the house, like, grows eyes, and, like, the beams start coming down and, like, going to kill her. It's basically, like, the house is alive, and this dude that built it is, like, living through the house trying to kill her and the kids, like... And I guess they're trying to kill her because she's trying to save the kids. Yeah. And pull them from purgatory. But, right. But sometimes I feel like the kids are leading her towards right. danger. Which I'm confused. Like, why would the but, kids be doing that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I watched it very intently, and I'm still not 100% sure I'm, I'm like, following <laughs> the story all the way. And, I mean, we're not just here to recap a movie, but it was, like, a little confusing at times where it, it felt like they just did some of the scenes just for visuals and scares. Uh-huh. Um and the, the kid stuff is really, like, the cherubs that she was talking about earlier that are carved intri- intricately into a lot of the trim of the house and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we find out those are, like, the actual kids that he yeah. killed. So, like, when she's, they, like, make scared faces and turn towards her. Oh, yeah. And some of that stuff we were just cracking up laughing because it's so bad. There's like, so, such CG- fun, CGI funny faces. I yeah, don't know. very cheesy. Ah. And uh, one of the one of the most, like like cheesy scenes um cheesiest scenes was like she's walking down a hallway and a kid is in like the curtain that's blowing in the wind yeah. and like you can see the outline of his face and stuff but it's re- or her face it's really bad like it's like no help us Whoa. yeah and she's all like i have to save the children the children yeah and uh she i mean she's not bad but she just plays a character i just like i, I don't know i didn't fully care about her maybe that's mm-hmm. bad but i'm like you know we're supposed to we're supposed to sympathize with her because she's been through a lot with her mom and she's finally out of that struggle and now she's the one that's going through all this um but i just man i don't know and she uses this as like she kind of lost her purpose when her mom died and now her purpose is um Saving, saving these kids and there's like a point where it gets really crazy and she tells everybody else you need to leave the place the house mansion whatever you want to call it like this is my home this is where i stay i protect the children yeah it's like uh and of course everybody in the house is like still like uh okay we're seeing the haunting stuff but you're crazy still like why does this house want you was mm -hmm. what do you have to do what did you do why does it want you and then turns out she's like the great 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 granddaughter of his first the guy's first wife or second wife find out he had a second wife too and i yeah there's a little hard to follow there yeah she somehow related yeah and it's not like um 
it was bad storytelling. It was probably just me like zoning out because I was like not caring. <laughs> yeah. Like I wasn't on my phone or anything. I just was sort of like, you know, I'm just here for the kills and the spooks. Yeah. It's and like that's sort of what the thing was like. Sometimes the plot doesn't matter that much. Right. <laughs> um, there is a point where um, Luke is like, I, I don't remember how it happened. Oh, there, I think like the the dust bin thing in the fireplace like blows open and uh-huh. like shit explodes everywhere. Dust goes everywhere. And he like goes over to check it or something. And of course the, the big lion's head comes no, by. He got mad at the portrait of the guy who built oh, the yeah. house. Oh yeah. He's like hitting, he's heading like heading the face. Like he's ruined the painting. And of course that makes him mad. So like he, He's staying on a rug, and the rug gets pulled, and he goes flying into the chimney, and then he stands up, and that lion head, like, the mouth open, and just takes off. <laughs> yeah, it takes off his head, and yeah. it goes rolling. Son of a bitch! Ah, you. Ah, Luke! Don't! Ah, what? Don't! Uh, that I, was like the most, the mo- pretty much the only, only graphic death scene. Yeah. yeah, only actually two people die in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's not a big body count. Um, just a lot of supernatural spooks. There's mm-hmm. a scene where Nell and the group are like standing in, I don't know, like the greenhouse type area, like the oh yeah, and she sees the wife like hanging from mm-hmm. a noose, and that's why she starts going up like oh no, you know, and she's like oh my god, oh my god, and they, they can't see her, but she can see them. Like, yeah. like, Nell can see it, but the rest of the group can't see the hanging body, the ghost. Um, but yeah, I guess PG-13, you can get away with one beheading, and it wasn't all that bloody. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, was, it wasn't bloody, no. No. Um, it was quick. I read that also um, in that scene when he was, like, slashing up the painting and hitting it. Like, a piece of it, whatever he's using, like, broke off and hit him in the face, and he had to get stitches. Oh, man. So he went all out for that movie. Wow! Wow! Had to get stitches. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, and then do you want to reveal the ending? I mean, the the they try to get out of the house. Uh huh. They um, can't. They can't get out. Um, uh, Luke gets in the sweet AMC Gremlin that I love the car <laughs> and tries to drive it through the gate. Um, hits the gate, crashes, and then like a part of the gate 
And this is before he yeah. gets beheaded. Yeah, obviously. But he like, gets he gets they break out the back window, get him out, and then he ends up going inside and get beheaded anyways. But um Yeah, they try to basically get out of the house and the house will not let them escape. Yeah, they lock the gate at night. Um But like we said at the beginning, like No the, way to contact anybody. Yeah, it's like why why you have to lock the gate from the inside? Jeez. It's like so like Really, if anybody needs to, like, there's an emergency, you can knock it out. Yeah, once it's dark. Like, earlier mm-hmm. when she cut her face with a piano wire, she could leave because it was still light out. Yeah. But once it gets dark, the uh, housekeepers um, will not... Yeah, it's probably against, like, code. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, if that place caught on fire, any emergency, like, if someone was pregnant, like... Yeah. Well, if someone was pregnant, we just kill all the kids, but... Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and then the actual ending... um, I don't really even know for sure she what happens. She fights the she, big boss. Oh yeah, he t- he turns into like a big like like dust looking ghost, like I a mean, cloud. God, man, like he's cloud. like they purposely made him very ugly, and he had like beautiful wife and stuff, and it's like he like looked like a monster the whole time, and then like he looks like a ghost Hulk, yeah. <laughs> and he's like coming in somehow. She fights the ghost yeah and she ends up like she defeats him and she ends up dying and went her spirit with went with all the ghost children yeah like cheesily (laughs) like floats into the air of the house and she like like, dances with them yeah like smiles and like rises up like so yeah she she sacrificed herself for the children Uh uh-huh and they're going to heaven yeah, and that goes back to that first scene where she's hanging out with Theo, and they see that wall. And there's even a scene I think where the like in CGI where that wall like oh it does it grabs the bad guy, the owner of the house. Oh yeah, and pulls him into purgatory and like pulls him. Oh yeah, the wall is pulling him down to hell. Yeah, like grabs him because there's like one last scare where the mm-hmm. ghost like the guy's like oh and he's coming at her, and then the the demon or whatever on the wall like grabs him and pulls him back in like no you don't you're coming with me buddy down to hell <laughs> it's pretty bad but yeah. uh that wall's pretty cool it reminded me of like hr geiger uh the dude that uh designed all the stuff for the alien movies the original mm-hmm. alien movies um reminded me a lot of that that wall did sort of cool so did you do find out in research like how they did the set design was it like a lot of cgi or was it like legit because there's like a it's pretty like crazy place well we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with some more research okay you're listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. So, yeah, we've talked about the movie, and Nikki was asking um, how they designed the house, 
with all the CGI and all that stuff. So from what I'm reading, it's it, the information I found was a little contradicting with each other. Um, it says, The house used in the film is located in Gratham, England, and is owned by the University of Evansville, Indiana. It is used by students that study abroad. Um, but the outside of Hill House, as well as some of the interiors, were filmed in Harlixton Manor in England. So I'm not sure what was filmed inside, what was outside. Mm-hmm. And then I also read that um, several of the sets, some of the largest interior sets ever built depicting Hill House, were so big they had to be built in the hangar that housed the Spruce Goose, the Mammoth airplane built by Howard Hughes. So like it had to be built in a huge, like one of the biggest airplane airport airplane hangars in wow. the country. So they built these sets. Some of them, the interiors, like, built them as sets. And I think about, like, them coming down those steps, and they're, they look like, you know, they're so tiny coming down some of those big stairwells. Just the sets alone had to be a huge no, budget. Everything was, like, you know, well, I mean, back in the day, like, everything was so detailed, like. Yeah. You know. The handrails, the steps, <laughs> the carpets, the rugs, the ceiling, everything, the lighting. Uh, I mean, we get, I mean, it, it is obviously the, you know, there's no reason to even make the exterior doesn't have to match the interior. Like, they can shoot yeah. those two separate, and it's obvious, like, that would just be a gold mine if they found this house and you actually use this one house for both. But, mm-hmm. um, obviously, a lot of the interiors, like the room with the water floors that you had to jump on the books, like, that can be a real house. Yeah, like, that. Uh, the mirror stuff, like, a lot of that stuff, but I wonder if, like, the fireplace and that kind of stuff was... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's I've just... never, even until this movie, seen a house that had a fireplace that big. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that existed, did yeah. you? Like, I've never from seen it... That, from that movie. But I've never seen another movie, even, with that I fireplace that big, like, that you can but walk into. But it's also, like, yeah, really big open space, so they probably need big fireplaces. Yeah. I know. Like, can you imagine what kind of wood you have to put in a fireplace that big? You have to put just fucking trees. I know. Like, you kill a force every winter. But, yeah, these are like castles in England. Like, this was supposed to take place in America, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I wonder what year that actual place was actually built. Because, I don't know. It's. Yeah, that's a good question. Um,. If anybody knows, let us know. Because, yeah, this how in the story, it's supposed to be, like, early 1800s, but, I mean, maybe, like, they had chimneys like that, or fireplaces like that, like, way before that, and that's why we don't, we're not familiar with it. I yeah, don't know. I mean, I felt like when, like, we moved in high school, and our house had two fireplaces, one upstairs and one downstairs, uh, when I lived with mom, it was like... I had never lived in a house of fireplace. That was a... I was like, holy shit. You had that too, upstairs and downstairs. Yeah, and I was like, we're fucking <laughs> rich now. Like, we have two fireplaces. We're rich. Yes. Um, that but was like go, a sign if of you wealth. Go to, but if you go to, like, a lot of the old houses in this area, there's, like, f- five fireplaces and, like, some yeah. of these big houses. Like, every bedroom has a fireplace. And on a personal, like... No, maybe it's because I grew, didn't grow up with one, but they always scared the hell out of me. Like, yeah. having an open fire, even though we, they have the things over the front and all that stuff, like, I never liked having a fire in a house. Like, it's just like, I don't like swimming because we don't belong in water. We can't <laughs> breathe underwater. Like, a fire doesn't belong in a house because it's hard to 
maintain and to me it seems like a risk well we have a fireplace and we never have used never it. have used it I never think, will yeah say i don't think we can yeah i don't know how to do it it does it's not worth it no but um some of the other research i thought was pretty interesting stephen king wrote the first draft of the script when this fell through he reworked it into rose red the miniseries mm. so that's sort of cool like Stephen King was attached to this. It's amazing to think because of how it turned out. But to be honest, like a lot of Stephen King stuff doesn't turn out great. So um, not that surprising, especially in the 90s. Um, the director was uh, Jan DeBont. And you might know him for directing a lot of other great movies at this time. He directed Speed. Speed 2 Cruise Control, mm. Laura Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, and the big one that he directed, Twister. <gasps> yeah, he directed freaking Twister. So, to me, what do you say? Like, will Twister be his Apex Mountain, like his biggest movie, like the biggest and best thing he's ever done? Yeah. <laughs> I would say so, too. Like, I mean, Speed, pretty big deal at the time, but do you... I don't know. Like, I would say Twister's bigger than, than Speed. It still holds up. People I still think. watch it. Uh, Laura Croft movie's not a big deal. But um, he's also a cinematographer on several films, uh, including several Madonna music videos. He was a cinematographer on Die Hard and a cinematographer on Basic Instinct. Mm -hmm. And a ton of other stuff, but those are like the noteworthy ones that popped up. I'm just Googling biggest fireplaces in the world. Look at that one. Yeah, but those are kids, right? Or are they women? No, those are grown-ass women. Oh. So, but that's still not as big as in the movie. So no. maybe Maybe they just completely bullshitted, like, that fireplace. Maybe. But it's pretty impressive. It's not that's like, like the old England it's funny, thing. Yeah, because that, man, <laughs> like, that mansion is like, you see all these impressive things, and we're just like, the fireplace. You can walk into the fireplace. And it, maybe that was set up just so they could decapitate Owen Wilson. Yeah, maybe they that was just for the movie and they don't they don't really exist like that. It's just like just trying to wow the audience. Yeah. It's like, man. So there was another movie called The Haunting that was made I think in like 63 and from the information I'm reading, it seems like this isn't a remake of that, but an adaptation of the same source material. So the second adaptation, which is this, of the book, was going to be titled The The Haunting of Hill House, which was the original novel title. So that's the, the book mm -hmm. was called The Haunting of Hill House, and they were going to call the movie that, but it was shortened back to The Haunting because um, 1999, the remake of House on Haunted Hill also came out, the one... Is that the one with Chris Kattan? Uh, maybe, yeah, because Adam yeah. brought that over a few years ago for us to watch. So the How, House on Haunted Hill also came out. This The remake came out this year, so they couldn't be... Like, how confusing would that have been? I remember getting confused back in the day. Like, there's there's Haunted... Yeah, there's this, like, Haunted and Hill. This yeah. always went together. And then, yeah, then the Netflix show. Yeah. And it's like, is this a remake of one of the... Oh, it was... It's, yeah. yeah, sort of like the exorcism of like those oh, movies, yeah. and and the I'd say the biggest, like, most guilty of that would be the Amityville movies. Mm. There's 
probably 30 i think it's like you can just use the amityville name there's no licensing or rights to it so you can just call like we could make a movie now and call it the amityville boner and like they can't come after us like we can do that so there's everybody every year there's probably two or three that are made that have no connection to they all sort of might have a connection to the original house but um not to the original movie or the story yeah so like i said this one was going to be called the haunting of hill house but the house on haunted hill which would have been even more confusing (laughs) you can imagine two movies come out same year with just the words rearranged like that um Already talked about the house, so that was the next thing I had. Um, this isn't a remake of Robert Wise's classic, which is you know the the haunting. But as a production company, did not have the remake rights, so you have to get the rights to remake the movie. Um, they were not allowed to replicate even one shot from the 1963 film. Instead, it is a new adaptation of Shirley Jackson's novel. So they had to be careful not to re- recreate any scenes from the original movie. As mm-hmm. to not get in any legal trouble, because you have yeah. to, you have to have rights to remake the movie. So, I sort of wish that would happen more. Like with some of these remakes that come out, like you can't do any of the scenes again. You have to completely start new, based it on the same. You know. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Here and there. Yeah, because it feels like a lot of remakes is just like shot for shot or pretty close. Um, this is one I found very interesting. I had no idea he was involved with this. But Steven Spielberg was so disgusted by the quality of the final product of the film that he removed his name and ensured that his credit made no single mention of him. Damn. So he was an executive producer, I think, on this, and Mm -hmm. he hated it so much that he asked and demanded that his name be completely taken off everything. Don't use his name on any of it. Man. So they had, at one point, Stephen King and Steven Spielberg attached to this, and uh, they blew it. Yeah, so it does suck. Uh, I mean, by Spielberg standards, yeah. Yeah. Um, But you're talking, you know, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Of course, he would watch this. And can you imagine, like, I'd just like to imagine, like, what it would have been with the Steven Spielberg directing it. Like, that would have been dope. But um, at the time of its release, it was widely rumored that Steven Spielberg either directed some scenes or participated in post-production because he didn't like the rough cut he saw. This was, however, never confirmed. So that's just sort of a rumor oh, okay. that he directed some scenes. But he's notorious for that, um, directing, stepping in and directing scenes from movies that he's producing on. Um, there's been that long, that could be a whole other podcast, but there's this long uh, history and story and rumors and back and forth that he actually directed Poltergeist instead of Toby Hooper. Um, he's denied it, but um, people on set are like, Oh, Steven Spielberg completely directed it, but there was like a writer strike or something at the time, so he couldn't legally do it, so they mm-hmm. gave Toby Hooper credit. I don't know. But um it's interesting that he was attached to it and, you know, rumored to direct some scenes. I don't know if there's any scenes in this one I would say that were Spielbergian. Yeah. Um Let's see. The project was originally with Dimension Films with Wes Craven attached to direct. What? He dropped out to direct some little movie called Scream. Ooh. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, what a fuck up. <laughs> uh, I don't know how true that is, but to think that Spielberg producer, Stephen King writing, Wes Craven directing, this had a lot of potential to be a lot better. Yeah, that's disappointing. 
would have been good enough for my slumber parties. It probably would have been too good for your slumber parties. You probably <laughs> would have found a different movie. Uh, and then uh, just another fun little tidbit. The film includes uh, one Oscar winner in Catherine Zeta-Jones and five Oscar nominees, Liam Neeson, Owen Wilson, Virginia Matson, Todd Field, and Bruce Dern. So six Oscar nominees, one Oscar winner. That's pretty impressive hmm. for this movie. So wait, who won the Oscar? Catherine Zeta-Jones. For, really? Yeah. <laughs> Not for this, obviously. Oh, okay, okay. No, yeah, this no, no one got nominated for this movie. <laughs> that's all, I thought that's what you were saying. No. That she won. I'm like, uh, yeah. was it a bad year? <laughs> yeah, that would have been an awful year. But uh, no, it's just sort of pointing out the fact that this movie had a high caliber of yeah. actor and uh, still managed to not be great. I don't know what uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones actually won her oscar for maybe chicago or something um let's see she's she's been yeah she won best actress in a supporting role in chicago in 2003 so it was after like that's pretty nice that she went on from this like and four years later won an oscar like this was her stepping stone towards yeah and um i also read i don't have this in my notes but i also had read like um, because of this, like Steven Spielberg liked her performance enough and he used her in, um, I forget what, maybe terminal or, or, mm. uh, one of his later movies, but he ended up using her later. So she clearly impressed him with her performance and went on to do much bigger things. Bruce Dern was already, um, I'm sure nominated by then. And he's been in some great stuff, you know, since he was in, uh, hateful eight in Nebraska and, uh, you know, has become a Tarantino staple and, um, just, you know, one of those classic, uh, gnarly actors, Liam Neeson, we already went over everything. I, I'm not sure what Owen Wilson was nominated for. Maybe, um, one of his collaborations with, um, you know, Bill Murray and, um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's his name? I'm, uh, Wes Anderson. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know, uh, what Owen Wilson would be nominated for. Certainly not his raunchy comedies uh he was he was actually nominated for wedding crashers no um virginia madsen i i remember her mostly from Candyman, but um that's not what she was nominated for so did you have any final thoughts on this one before we wrap it up i was gonna just randomly mention that another movie we watched a lot on my summer parties was um sleepy hollow and that was 98, Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, that one still holds up. Still, That's still good. Yeah. T- that's probably Tim Burton's last, like, really great movie. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I'm just trying to just let everyone know that I didn't just watch shit movies when I was that age. Well, it's also hard for you to find <laughs> something that I haven't seen because, well, one, we've yeah. been together forever. So, there's that. And it, ha- it just had some... Um, it's sentimental. Is it nostalgic for you? Yes. Does it bring back some good memories or bad memories? Mm, they're just memories. <laughs> yeah. I guess good memories. This, like, I remember one girl hated horror movies, so we had to show her all of them. And yet, she definitely. Um, it freaked her out. Freaked her out. I remember her watching Sleepy Hollow and just. The sound of like the horse running, she, 
it just gave her so much anxiety. Yeah. And <laughs> so you would just cover her ears and we just laugh at her. Because she was so scared of the Headless Horseman. Yeah, it's fun to find one person who's... Oh, she loved The Shining. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> yes. And we couldn't even finish um, Halloween 6 because at the beginning where um, Michael puts... What's her name? Head. Jamie. Yeah. Jamie, her, her head on the spike. Yeah. And kills her. Um, she freaked out and like my, it, that was like my birthday slumber party. And my mom's like, turn it off. She's scared. I'm like, okay. So we put in the shiny instead. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, can we watch the other one? We're like, nope. <laughs> She's like, the other one's better. I'm like, nope, it's the shining. Mom said we can't watch God, it. God, watch the shining. And that's, that's like <laughs> a three hour fucking Kubrick movie. That's like psychologically damaging. Yeah. Um, I think that was my 14th birthday party. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, yeah, bringing my friends over and watching Halloween 6. Uh, you know, my brother had the, one of, probably the breaking moment for me that got me into movies, um, was my brother's birthday party where they rented Jason Goes to Hell and on pay-per-view and they watched it. And I remember like watching it with a my brother's much older and we're watching it and uh there's like a sex scene where a girl's like riding the dude and the boobs are just like full on like it's like point of view looking up at her and, uh-huh. and it was like my life just changed right there <laughs> and then like jason he puts like a like a like a i don't even know fence post through the tent into her torso and then rips up through her shoulder blade right next to her neck like and splits her right down the middle and i was like yep i'm i love horror movies now <laughs> I got into horror movies because, like, I randomly caught, like, the I think the, like, last half of the original Halloween on TV, and I, it, I was, like, it just, the drilling got going, yeah. and I was just, I really fell in love with it, and I'm like, oh, scary movies are fun. Well, I think... So I was like, oh, no, he's right there! <gasps> yeah, I remember, I remember seeing... Like, laying in the hallway at our old house, my brother and mom were watching Friday the 13th. And at the time, I didn't know it was Friday the 13th, but I remember Crazy Ralph, like, you're all doomed, you're all doomed, you're all gonna die. Uh, I remember, like, laying in, like, I came in the room and they were like, this is an adult movie, you have to go in your room or leave the house, like, go outside, because our house is so small. Um, And so, we had this narrow little hallway in the house and always had our coats in it, and I could lay on the floor and hide under the coats and I laid under there and I stuck my head out and I watched it from the hallway and it, it was pretty scary. I was really small then. And then um, later, like the Jason Goes to Hell moment and then um, my brother would rent these horror movies and and I plan on talking to him and my sister about a lot of this stuff. But um, then I do remember like, you know, I saw Halloween 6 and we rented, for some reason, just a lot of sequels. Um, Jason Takes Manhattan was one of my favorites because it's always in stock and... Um, Friday Thirteenth Part Seven, The New Blood, and then I finally got a hold of the original Halloween. I think I had gotten a VH, like a deluxe VHS copy of it or something, and watched it. And it made like that didn't get me into horror movies, but it made me in general want like get deeper. Yeah, like uh, that was probably the moment. Yeah, that made me 
Like, I want to know who made this, why they made it. I want to know everything about it. Is this like when I got into John Carpenter and it was like, oh, this guy directed a ton of movies. Now I got to see them all and went down to, like, he was like the first director that I was like, what's a director? I don't know what, yeah. you know, I didn't know anything about directors, writers, anything besides actors. Everybody knew actors because, you know, it was like, I have a crush on that guy or girl or whatever. Yeah. But um, you never knew who was behind the camera. And Halloween made me want to know who played that piano, who played... Who, who filmed this thing, who made it look blue in the rooms, and who lit Michael Myers' mask, and who made this creepy movie, and that was like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. I was, like, scared as a child watching Are You Are You Afraid of the Dark? And, but I would, like, want to watch them, because I was very curious, but then, like, I couldn't sleep for the next five nights. Never and, ever gave me nightmares. No, I was terrified of it, but it was kind of like a, um, I don't know how you want to describe it. It's like it's like I kind of wanted to be scared. Oh yeah, but it's like a roller coaster. Yeah, and I just when I hit like twelve or thirteen or something, I got to the point where like I can enjoy being scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I just remember, yeah, running these sequels and watching my friends. And it was mostly, like, to get a reaction out of them. But we definitely, Mm -hmm. like, we had, and I'm just, like, rambling now, but um, we watched Are You Afraid of the Dark religiously. Mm -hmm. Never missed a new episode of Friday Nights. And my friends would all come over. We had our own Midnight Society. We didn't call ourselves that. But (laughs) we were, like, the same group as, like, me, uh, Brett Stewart, Josh Clark, uh, Taylor Augsburger, my brother, sister, Mandy, who lived next door, like all the neighborhood kids. And we cram into my little tiny house. Like it was rare to even let, like it was a treat if I got to have friends in the house Yeah. because we had a dog that would bite. Yeah. So we, my dad built like with a piece of plywood, built like a gate that would close in the kitchen. So we could close Otis in the kitchen and we could sit in the living room and watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? And, um, that was like a huge deal. And we would, everybody would like, go bring candy bars and snacks and stuff. And we'd all sit around and watch it. Or sometimes if it was like a special night, we'd get, my mom would order like a pizza. And, um, that was the shit. Like that intro with the Mm -hmm. swing swinging. Oh yeah. And the canoe floating and the kids, you know, talking about sitting around the fire and they throw the sand into it. That made the fire go up. And that was like early shaping of, of it. And I'm glad that shows back to like bring kids back into horror again. But, yeah. um, yeah, that was like how it shaped as a kid. But like I said, it was like when I first saw the original Halloween, I, I saw it as like, I used to, horror movies were fun before that, like Halloween six, all stuff. It was basically like, I want to see boobs and blood. <laughs> and I mean, I, I stood, I would stay over my friend's houses and at home I would watch USA up all night and, um, Joe Bob Briggs on monster vision on TNT and he'd introduce movies, but Monster Vision never showed, like, they did at times, but it wasn't, like, the real horror movies. It was, like, you know, yeah. they did a Friday 13th marathon, but I never considered the Friday 13th movies, even the first one, none of them, they're not art. Um, John Carpenter's Halloween is art. And so when I watched that, I, it blew me away, because I'm like, this is, this has gorgeous cinematography, yeah. music is, is gorgeous. Uh, so that's what changed it for me. And that's not something I wanted to watch at a slumber party. Cause I was like, my friends don't deserve this. We can't like, cause it's like you show a friend yeah. something like at that age, you're farting, you're throwing food at each other. You're being idiots. Like you guys probably had fun spooking your friend and yeah. you never sat. We were and, like, like we, 
there's like some of the movies we knew so well. We knew the scares were coming, and we would just stare at the girl that we knew that was going to jump. Yep. <laughs> And laugh at her when she got scared. Oh yeah, it was there. You were just there for the reactions. <laughs> yes, and having fun and stuff. I yeah. remember, yeah, watching, going to a friend's house and in his basement. We watched Candyman, and then we dared each other to go in the bathroom and say it into the mirror. And oh, I mean, we. Told... I was scared as shit of doing that. Yeah, I probably still won't do that. No, yeah, <laughs> but it's just asking for it. We did. We played with like Ouija boards too. Told ghost stories. And cat, cat scratches? You ever did that? Yeah, I think so. Bloody, and, Bloody um, Mary. Um, stiff as a board, light as a fe- feather. You ever done that? I know what it is, but we never did it. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe we tried it once and it was like, we knew it was complete bullshit. We didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, I just randomly want to add, like, my dad owned a video rental store mm-hmm. when i was little and um at the very top shelves were like the horror movies um you know out of kids reach and i just remember like staring at the covers of like child's play and friday the 13th and just like being terrified like trying to imagine what those movies were like and it turns out what i imagine was way worse. Was way worse than what they actually were when I, you know, watched them as oh, a yeah. teenager, as an adult. I'm just like, just, I have so many of these horror movie, movie covers stuck in my head and just like memories of like what I thought they would be like. Oh yeah. And that was, <laughs> you know, I, I love that like on Attack of the Killer podcast, um, I'm get I'm like checking a lot of those off movies that have you know, famous covers, like VHS covers that I've never seen. And as watching them as an adult, it is, like you said, it's such a bummer. Like Mm -hmm. you watch something and it's like, that was it. Like the cover so cool. Um, But the eighties, especially the eighties were very guilty of this. Um, They would absolutely like doctor up a really, really badass VHS cover to, cause video stores ruled the eighties. Yeah, it was not about the theaters. Like most, of, some of these movies, you know, they didn't even hit theaters. So it was all about that VHS box. And mm-hmm. you go to the video store up until like the early two thousands, and you would walk up and down those aisles, and the one with the coolest cover was the one you'd rent. And even if it didn't live up to it, it's like you had this thing in your mind that it's going to be rad from the cover, and you watch it and you would rent it again because it's the nothing. cover. Yeah. And uh, there's some, yeah, I think about like Evil Dead Two. The cover is like a skull with eyeballs and it's like a face and never, it has nothing to do with the movie. Never is in the movie. Um, One time as a child, I wanted, because I liked the cover, I wanted to rent What About Bob? And so my mom read it for me, and I just remember like not getting any of it. It's like, isn't that like an adult comedy? Yeah. And I was just like... About a sort of crazy guy and a psychiatrist. Yeah, and you're just, like, what's a psychiatrist? Yeah, like I didn't. It's like this. This is nothing like the cover. Yeah, it had like <laughs> the guy like bending over and shaking the hand, and it had the big shadow. Yeah, yeah. the shadow. I'm like, this looks like a funny movie. Yeah, and mom's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, I I always think of like Dead Alive, which has the girl pulling mm. her mouth like lips open with her hands and there's oh, a creature yeah. in her mouth it has nothing to do with the movie uh-huh nothing at all but they created a cool cover um but most of those like 80s like slaughter high had like a skeleton and like a graduation cap and gown it has nothing to do with it um 
just so many of the 80s movies like and then which is still better like the app the 90s were the absolute worst because um after like scream and i know what you did last summer it pretty much killed like the vhs box art because then it just became like floating heads yes it was like uh you know, pretty teenagers' heads with, like, a blue ominous light over them, and that's the cover. And it's like, they all look the same. Who cares? I remember also as a child really wanting to watch the movie Friday. With with uh, Ice, Ice Cube. Cube and Chris Tucker. Yeah. And something about that cover. And I was told no over and over again. It's like, I don't know, something about it. It's like, that looks like a fun movie. I don't know. And when did you finally get to see it? Um, sometimes I was a teenager, teenager, I'm like, fuck, yeah, this is a fun movie. <laughs> How do you get to see it, though? Like, if you're, did you, like, do it behind your mouth back or something? I um, probably rented it when I was, like, is it rated R? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's filled I, with that was a stupid question. F-bombs and yeah, N-bombs. And... I don't know. Somehow I I got to watch it, and I loved it, and it li- I felt like it lived up to the cover. Yeah, my, I remember my brother, like... For some reason, we had a purchase for the Children of the Corn sequels, mm-hmm. and I saw they, there's like fucking forty of them, not really, but um, we watched those, and man, those suck. But um, for some reason, we loved all the sequels, and they all went straight to video, and we ran them when the new ones came out. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of things, and like I said, I'm discovering them now. A lot of cool covers I really wanted to mm-hmm. see, uh, and it was like. My mom was pretty lenient on stuff. I remember staying at Sean Miller's house, and we walked to the video. We had to walk to the video store, ride our bikes. We went with the older brother Josh, and we went and we rented striptease because it has Demi Demi Moore with like oh, she's yeah. naked and she has her legs crossed in front of her and covering her boobs, and she's like holding onto her legs. And uh, obviously, it's called striptease, so we we're like, "Fuck yeah, we want to see boobs." <laughs> and uh, we rented it, and it's a lot darker than we intended, but. Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember how we even, like, I think Sean's mom had an account at the store, so you could rent it and it'd just be, like, on the tab, and I think, I don't remember if they had to call his mom or, like, somehow, Josh wasn't old enough to rent it, so I have no idea how they let a group of kids rent striptease, <laughs> but, um, we stayed in his house and his mom worked, like, overnight, so no parents were home, and of course we, like, had to all gather in his mom's bedroom and watch it on her little TV in her bedroom, like laying on her like water bed or something. And yeah, that, that was like dumb shit we did. Or the, the video store had like a special room in the back with like the porno. Oh yeah. And it had like saloon doors Mm -hmm. and like they were not full doors. So you could like lay on the floor and look into it. So we'd like bend over to tire shoes. And it's like the video store clerk knew what we were doing. I mean, he, (laughs) Oh, let me tie my shoe directly in front of the porn section. Yes. Uh, so stupid. Does Family Video still have a porn section around the Last corner? Last I knew. I mean, I haven't been in there for a while. Yeah. You but think? You used to be able to like look up at the mirror in there and see like the reflection of the porn tapes. But that, that was when I was older anyways. I would never <laughs> rent a porno. Who pays for that? I know. But, um, I was going to say, like... I mean, that's why I was wondering if they just use it for storage now or something, because there's no way people are renting enough to keep it. Man, there might be some people that don't know how to use the internet that want to watch porn. Or, even, they, they, or they're just old-fashioned. Even with the internet, <laughs> I don't want to rent a tape that someone else has touched. Uh, that's true. Um, but anyways, we're getting, we've are getting we gotten way off topic. 
<laughs> the uh, haunting. Yeah, back to the yeah. That was the haunting, nineteen ninety nine. Um, once again, <laughs> any more final thoughts on that one? Um, watch it or don't. <laughs> it's streaming on Amazon Prime as of recording this, and like I said, if you want to get the we might have to check out justin's dv or blu-ray yeah so we can learn a little bit about it i'm hoping there's some yeah. features about like what how the sets i want to know about the sets yeah that's something i i'm like i really like old buildings and stuff justin so. tell us about the fucking fireplace tell us about the fireplace like is that a real thing yeah justin or is that just for castles yeah or is that even even for castles the kings for- have fireplaces that big what's yeah. the deal hmm yeah. Well, thanks for uh, suggesting this one. It was fun to watch, Good. fun to talk about. I'm glad you somewhat enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was watchable. That's the thing about, like, I think Joe Bob has said it, and I've, I'm sure several other people said it, the biggest crime a movie can commit is um, being boring, and it wasn't boring. Yeah. I enjoy, Like, it's fun. It's not something I'm going to throw on every October. <laughs> I would watch it again, but... Um, it's I guess it wasn't boring. It kept my attention for that. Listen, pretty long, like an hour forty three, which is a little. Yeah. They could have cut it down a little bit, a little less cherub faces, but um, <laughs> a little less floaty ghost dancing. Floaty ghost dancing. But um, yeah, I would say uh, uh, seven out of five. It's a perfect seven out of five. Five out of seven. No, I'm giving it a seven out of five. <gasps> wow. Um, I thought it was yeah, it was fun. It was okay. Uh. Like she said, watch it or don't. But if you're <laughs> if you're listening to this, you probably should, so you can see the giant fireplace. Don't just Google it, you yeah. cheap bastards. Uh, watch somebody the explain the fireplace. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for jumping on again. Well, thanks, thanks for suggesting. For it. Me. Um, Hope yeah. I get invited back. Of course, we'll probably be on uh, every other damn episode. But um, <laughs> yeah. You have a good night, and okay. uh, thanks. You thanks have for, a good night. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the <laughs> listeners. Like, you're not going anywhere. Uh, Yeah, so uh, thanks for listening again, and uh, we'll see you next time on First Time Podcast. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the First Time Podcast. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and give us a like on Facebook. Follow or subscribe to the First Time Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. A huge thank you goes out to Scott Schreiner of Weezer for our intro and outro music. Last but not least, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone else who might enjoy it. We appreciate your support.